Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Hello, all you podcast listeners out there. Happy Wednesday to you. This is the First Things First podcast. We're so grateful that you've joined us. Many of you, many of you listen faithfully to the First Things First podcast, so you know what we do. We invite amazing, fascinating, interesting people to sit down and have a conversation with us about life and about faith and about God. And um, and the best part about it is that these amazing, interesting, fascinating people probably live next door to you. They probably sit next to you in church. And so uh, and so that's my favorite part anyway. So today is no exception. Uh, uh, joining me in our don't you what do you think about this podcast studio, Ashley? It's pretty. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really not. But anyway, uh, but it's it just like my a conference table in my office. That's what it is. And like our microphones are sitting on books so that they're close to our mouths, right? So it's super high tech. But joining me today is Ashley Buckley. Ashley um, is a, is a, a, a really fired up and committed member uh, of First Shallow Water. She uh, teaches the ninth grade girls small group. Uh, which I'm super grateful for because my daughter is in there and she loves you like crazy. Thinks she's the world a of you. Sweet girl. So well, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But but you know she's also you know 14. So not always sweet. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, but so uh, so Ashley does all of that. She's uh, I'm gonna let Ashley tell uh, you guys more about herself. So Ashley, for all of the like the five or six people who are listening to this podcast who don't know who you, you are already, go ahead and tell them who you are and explain yourself a little bit. Okay, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. I'm Ashley Buckley, and I've lived in Shallow Water for um, eight years now. Wow. Okay. And um, I'm married to Benton. Yeah. And we have three kids. We okay. have Hayden. He is 18. He'll be a senior next oh. year. And Carly is 15. She'll be a sophomore. And TJ is eight. And he's in second grade. He'll be in third grade. All right. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So, th- I mean, senior year, this is big, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're almost through with junior year and about to start that senior yes. year. So I'm already uh, dreading it. Man, I got to tell you. So, uh, I tell people this, like the when you're like releasing your child into the world is traumatic. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, it's it actually is painful. It's it's. I mean, in some ways, it's like like losing somebody that you love. It's like somebody passing away. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's hard like that, right? <laughs> yes. It's also exciting and good. There's that those emotions are there too. But, yes. Um, but anyway, I always tell kids, look, your senior year, if it's like you know. Uh, April or May of your senior year and your parents are crazy okay it's because this is hard yes. give them some grace man you I know? can see that so, remind Hayden please yeah, oh, no problem <laughs> no problem and also you got one more one more of everything so make it all count mm-hmm. you know? so uh, but that's awesome so three three kids married to married to Benton mm-hmm. all right well, uh, we're so grateful for you anything else anybody need everybody needs to know about you Ashley is it um well I I taught here for yeah five years yeah and I taught second grade one year and fourth grade four years so um and I and I miss the kids and I miss yeah. the families and um we made a change um uh, in 2020 uh-huh. right before COVID the year before COVID yes. was my last school year and um, my dad needed somebody to help at the yeah. farm and keep yeah. books and uh-huh. my brother-in-law did too and so it was a good opportunity for me to take a break from teaching and it's yeah. helped me to be more involved in my kids 
yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's been really nice. Have a little more flexibility yes. to drive all over the place watching basketball games. And yes. Stuff like that. <laughs> yes. That's good. Right. That's good. Well, uh, I tell you, you second and fourth grade teachers, God bless you. you know <laughs> what I, mean? I love kids that age but i can't imagine spending eight hours oh with them, so. it's fun yeah it's well fun. <laughs> that's how i know that that's that's what the lord made you to do because you like it mm-hmm. most people would not that's, <laughs> that's what i'm going to say about that so uh okay so uh ashley um when people come on the podcast like we just want to hear about how god's been at work in your life you know mm-hmm. so um so if you could go start all the way back at the beginning, you know, and tell us about how you came to faith in Christ. What did that look like for you? Who who were some people maybe involved in that process? Tell the story of how you came to faith in Christ. Okay, well, um, I was I came to faith in Christ as a young kid. Yeah. I was six. Yeah. And but Me I too. remember you yeah. and I remember it so vividly. Um we used to um tumble. My sister okay. and I did, yeah. and we had gymnastics on Wednesdays, so we'd go to gymnastics and then we'd come go to church, and right. we would, um, it just, I don't know why that goes together in my head, it uh-huh. just does, but yeah. um, I remember Wednesday nights, we had this lady that taught our class, and there was only a few of us that went, we were, I lived in O'Donnell, and yeah. so it's a really small town, and we had like <laughs> seven kids in our class, and anyway, but this lady, I don't remember her name, she didn't live in O'Donnell for very long, but I can see her face, wow. and I remember her teaching us, you know that we would be eternally separated from the Lord if we didn't ask Him to come live in our heart and, right. you know, be the Lord of our life. And I could not imagine that. Mm, I yeah. just did not—I didn't want that. And so I remember talking to my mom on the way to church after tumbling about how I wanted to ask Jesus to live in my heart mm-hmm. and um, accept Him as my Savior. And so I did. And I—I I mean, it's like it was yesterday. I yeah. can still remember it. And so— I'm so thankful that he did that because I can see now where I am from from where I am now that right. he had to get a hold of me early yes. and hold my hand and walk me through a lot of things. Yeah, right. and so I'm so grateful that he did. Yeah, I, I, and I just want to point out that there's this lady who the the most important decision that you ever made in your life. There's this lady you can see her face, but you you don't you don't remember her name. She wasn't in town for very long. But there's this lady who has this this story with you about mm-hmm. how God used her to literally shape your eternity. I mean, how cool is that? It's you very know? cool. I just I love that. So for all you folks listening, here this is why we want people, this is why we want to encourage people to uh, to serve, you know, uh, in the church, but particularly working with kids and working with youth because it's not, I mean, we need people to work with kids in our church and work mm-hmm. with youth, right? We do. But that's not the point. Like, the point is, we want to give you the opportunity to have a, an impact like that. Yes. To, you know, to be able to be written into somebody's story in that way. I mean, how incredible is that? Yes. You know? She made she made the urgency come to life for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you, you understood, you know, sin separates you from... Uh, separates us from from God, yes. and 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 you knew you needed His forgiveness, and so you uh, you turned your heart and your life over to Him because you couldn't imagine eternity apart from God. Right? right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> right. That's really it's, good. It was terrifying and awful, and uh-huh. I just I knew I had to make a change. Right. At six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did. Me too. Uh, that's. I mean, it did I, it happened with me at a very young age, mm-hmm. and I, I think people who've kind of grown up in church and have a 
and you know they have a really good sense of the character of God and the love of God and mm-hmm. the mercy of God, right? That that it does register with you, yes. you know, because you think, well, I can't imagine my life apart from God. I don't, I don't want to be apart from God. You yes. know, uh, I want for my life to be found in Him. And so, uh, I think you see, you know, a lot of folks making that decision early. You know, yes, and I think too, my mom did not grow up going to church regularly, yeah. and so her, you know, God was doing a lot of things in her life That's too cool. at that time. You know, not at, I mean, it, he had already drawn her to him but um but she's learning but she was learning and it was so important to her to have us at church and like we were there every time the door was open yeah yeah (laughs) you know because it was that important to her and i'm so thankful for that Mm. i you know and i I think that's so one of the things i try to remember as a parent i know i know you guys do too but one of the things i try to remember is that instilling that in my kids like what is more important than Mm -hmm. that right what i want them to know that the most important thing in their life is Jesus and their yes. relationship with Him and serving Him. Like, that's the most important thing. Yes. And uh, thank God for parents that, that like, prioritize that with their kids. Right. You know, there's a, uh, th- this is the most important thing. Other other things going on in our lives will, are, will fade away in light of this. Like, yes. This is what we're focused on as a family. And that, that's a good thing. Man. It is. Yeah. It is. And I, um, it's something that I, you know, being, accepting him at such a young age it's kind of at times been hard for me like a stumbling block almost like was I really did I really know what I did you know and um but every time Mm -hmm. he confirms it you know and he will bring you know something to my recollection that will remind me of that the decision was real you know and that that we he I knew what I was doing sure and so I I'm thankful for that and then also I don't ever want because I because I have walked with him for that long. I don't want it to become something I take for granted, you know, exactly. and and not instilling that in my kids right. of how important it is to yeah. come and you know because it was so urgent for my mom because she hadn't had it her whole life. Yes, right, yeah. yeah. So she was really you know passionate and excited yes. about it. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. So really so so what did life look like for you then growing up, accepting Christ at a young age, surrendering your heart and life to Him? You know, how did that kind of play itself out in your life as yeah. you as you kind of grew up and and you know became a young woman? What did that all look like for you? Well, um, we moved pretty quick after okay. I became a Christian. My dad, it's my dad trained racehorses for a while. He was oh, a farmer, yeah. and awesome. then he decided to train racehorses. And yeah. so there was a, tra- a racetrack in Lubbock yeah. called Lubbock Downs, and so we he would do that during the school year, and okay. then in the summer we would move to Redosa. And okay, go to yeah, Redosa down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so we did that for like three years. Um, and then when I was in third grade, my parents decided we needed to pack up and move to El Paso. Oh. So we lived in El Paso during the school year and Redosa in the summer. So we yeah. moved quite a bit. And I just, that foundation was something that was always my security. You know, right. I mean, I, le- I, I really enjoyed moving around and meeting new people, but sure. I never really had roots anywhere because... You know, my family was the constant in, in the Lord. And yeah. um, and then dad um, made the decision when I was at the end of my fifth grade year, um, we moved back home. Yeah. And we um, we lived out in the country. And I had gone to school. I started school in a really small town called um, Gale. Okay. The school is Borden yeah. County. <laughs> and um, so when we moved back home, my parents decided to put us in school in O'Donnell. Yeah. Because that's where my mom worked. And that's right. where we went to church and everything. And um, 
so anyway, we moved back there and, um, that we, when we, when we got home, things were a little bit rough, you know, mm. I mean, dad had, I don't know that he, he loved horses so much, but he right. really felt like it was best for our family to come back and move to the farm yeah. and live, you know, more of a country life. And, mm-hmm. um, and so my parents, you know, when I was in sixth grade, we got moved home and kind of settled in. And then, um, they kind of went through a really rough patch. Yeah. And that was a time when I really felt like the Holy Spirit just was my constant and my helper. And, um, you know, I, I visited with my mom about sharing this because it is such a big part of our story. But, um, she said, you know, you need to share it because we need to give God the glory for what he did in our family, you know, and, and, um, God saved our family. You know, he, my parents were able to work out a lot of their, they were able to work everything out and God made things new. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't know, I, I was there the whole time and I still don't know how he did it. You know, it was a miracle and it was, um, you know, my mom and dad both prayed a lot during that time. And so anyway, that was one of the times I feel like he, the Lord got me early so that I could make it through that, exactly. you know? And yeah. then as I, you know, grew up in a small town, you know, I didn't make the best choices, you know? Yeah. And and I knew, I always knew I was, he was pulling me to him. Sure. He was the, you know, Holy Spirit was just telling me, you know, is this a good choice or, you know, uh-huh. and, um, but I didn't always make the right choice. And I feel like that left me, you know, leaving my teen years with, a lot of my choices left me with a lot of shame and guilt. And it was something that the enemy held over my head for a Mm -hmm. long time. And um, then whenever I got into college, the Holy Spirit started freeing me from a lot of that stuff. So let's let's go back because... Well, first of all, you know, look, no one who's been married for any significant (laughs) amount of time hasn't walked through, you know, times where things are hard. I mean, that's part of... That's part of being married is that that's the beautiful, honestly, it's the beautiful part of it because, um, because you have two people who are committed to each other and they're committed even when things are tough, you know? Right. So I think that's a beautiful story about your parents, but, uh, but I I know that there are folks who are listening to podcasts who, you know, find themselves in a season of life that feels like that, right? I don't, where they don't know how they, how they can go forward and they don't, you know, things feel kind of hopeless, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes. And uh, I know there are folks who, who are living there. And so I would want to say, I, you know, uh, and I've shared this before, but I've been there before. You know, Amy and I, just like anybody, we've been married almost 30 years. So, we, you know, we, we've definitely seen about all you can see, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as I say that, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we definitely have really, you know, walked through some wonderful, amazing seasons and some hard ones too. Mm-hmm. And what God did in our marriage, I'm just saying, I would not... I wouldn't have been more shocked if I had been standing next to Jesus when Lazarus walked out of the tomb, right? I, right. That wouldn't have surprised me any more than what he did in our in our marriage. And I'm so grateful for yes. that. And so thank you for sharing that and yeah. giving that, that testimony. You, I think you mentioned the the thing that I think is the core of it all is that your parents were both really praying. You know, mm-hmm. they were both seeking after the Lord and as imperfectly as you know, as we do when we're yes. in those moments. But still, when our hearts are turned to the Lord, He's able to do work. Right. You know? so. Because they both knew that mistakes were made. And, yeah. you know, they 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 wanted it to work, but they didn't see how exactly. it could, you know. But yeah. they did seek Him, and He 
did. He well, did it. <laughs> and so listen, there's hope. If someone, if you're listening right now and you think, I don't know, I want, I want things to work, but man, I don't know how. And I feel, it feels hopeless right now. You need to know that there is hope. Yes. Hope is found in Christ Jesus. And, uh, and there's also help available. There's hope and help. Yes. So, uh, so, and we want to, we want to help if you find yourself in that situation. There's a link to the description of this episode uh, for a prayer request where you can give us a prayer request. Mm-hmm. If you, you can, you can tell us how we can be praying for you, but also if you want, we'll send you, uh, we'll send you a list of some marriage counselors that we keep on file here, some professionals that can help you if you're walking through a tough time. Um, uh, and sometimes we need that, you know, mm-hmm. really a, a lot of times we need that. So more times than we actually seek it out, we need <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if that's where you're living, let us help, you know, and, uh, and, and because there's definitely hope. I mean, uh, I've experienced it. Ashley's experienced that. So that's a, that's a good thing for us to just kind of pause and talk about, you know, yes. that's good. Yeah. So, um, I also want to talk about you, you, you mentioned that sometimes, you know, in your teen years, not all the choices you were making were great choices, which I can totally relate to mm-hmm. myself too. Um, but, but what, something that you said was that those choices that, um, that the enemy really kind of held them over your head and, and, and you dealt with some shame and some guilt as a result of some of those choices. And so, okay. I think the reason I want to talk about it is because I think we're really quick to talk about the mercy and the love of God, which is good. And it's true. Mm-hmm. He is willing and able to forgive at any time. But sometimes we don't really talk about maybe the price that we pay sometimes for the, the consequences yes. maybe of some of the choices that we made. And now look, the enemy uses them to try to destroy. So that's not what I'm talking about. But uh, but can you can you unpack that a little more? Like how... You know, how did you walk through that season where you know that there were some things that, you know, how did you begin to find freedom? How did the Holy Spirit begin to work in your life to help you find freedom from that? Yeah, and I really feel like it was really the Holy Spirit the whole way. I mean, like we've talked about, you know, the only thing I had to do was be obedient. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, I, um, I really liked basketball in school. It was like the only thing that got me to go to school in high school. Right. You know, that's the only reason I went. And so anyway, um, the week before graduation, the coach at LCU called and asked if I wanted to come play. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll, you know, I, I tried out there and it's really funny because I, when I went there to try out, I loved it. Yeah. I was like, yes, this is where I want to go. I feel peace here. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah. kind of smaller, but it's closer to, you know, close to home. And, yeah. um, but we left there and my dad said, well, they won't be calling you back. Cause I played <laughs> terrible. It was awful. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll just go to tech cause it's close to home. Right. You know? Yeah. So I already had a dorm and everything set up. I was ready to go to school at tech. And yeah. so I was excited that, um, they called me and, sure. Um, even at that point, I was still, you know, I always, always wanted to, to be committed to the Lord, you know, yes. and do what he wanted me to do. But right. that, that rebellion was just pulling me, yes. you know, at that age. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go to school there, but I'm sure, you know, like I'm going to have a real college experience of what right. some people think, you know, yeah. like, isn't it crazy <laughs> that that's like, we attach all this stuff to a college experience. We think, yes. and I'm like, 
Man, boy, that that's that has nothing to do <laughs> no. with, with it, and it and, and honestly, it actually detracts from the whole thing. And, yes. You know, but anyway, God, yes. sorry, keep going. Yes. So, um, anyway, one day, what you know, at LCU, you have to go to chapel, yeah. or I don't know if you still do, but you do. Yeah. It's been a long multiple you know, times a week, like almost yes, every we day. We had to go. We had to go Monday through Thursday yeah, when I yeah. was there, and also um, we were in. I we had an all girls dorm, and we had curfew, yes. and so I mean. Again, the Lord was just protecting right. me. He was drawing me. He was taking care rooms. of me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember one day specifically just walking back from chapel because um, we had like a sidewalk from mm-hmm. there all the way to the dorms. And I was just praying and I was thanking God for having me there, you know, mm-hmm. even though I didn't even know I needed to be there, yes. you know, like yeah. his provision had just gone ahead of me. And um, that was the beginning of the healing. I mean, it took sadly it took years you right. know i mean till i was in even in grown up ages you know there's insecurities that have stayed with me i'm still working on yes it. Yeah. i mean it's just stuff that i still am unpacking but that was really the beginning of healing and then um you know i did some bible studies with um some older women that were mentors yeah. and you know um just over the years things that the Lord just put in my life to, to heal me. Mm-hmm. I like how you put it too. Cause you said the only thing that, the only thing that I, that I needed to do is be obedient. Like when, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I was early in college. All I needed to do is be obedient because, and I, I like that you said it that way, because sometimes we think of, there is this aspect of obedience that is acknowledging that someone is over us, yes. right? That, that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and in America, in the West, like we don't want anybody to be our boss. You know? Right. No boss. So, um, but the the other aspect of it is that we have a loving God, right? Who cares for us and who wants the best for us. Right. And so the things that he wants for us to do are things that lead us to the life that he has for us, which is way better than any life that we could come up with on our own, you know? Right. So, so in order, like in order for us to experience the full goodness of God, we, we need to be obedient, mm-hmm. right? Because obedience, when we do what it is that God wants us to do, then we get what God wants to give us, right. you know? And so he wants us to have this, you know, this life in him. So, uh, so I like how you said it and it's amazing how, how, and Paul even talks about it. the things I want to do, yes. I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do those things. You know, right. so it's not like this is a new thing. But it's amazing how the the simple truth is: we just need to be surrendered to God. We need to obey Him. But then it's so hard. Right. And, and then when we don't, when we don't do it, there are consequences because if obedience leads us to our best life, right? Right. Well, disobedience does things too. Right. right? It sows these insecurities that you and I talked mm-hmm. about. It gives us these wounds that we. That we, you know, that we work, you know, to to heal from, you know, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so, um, so that's real too, you right? Know? And so I know there are probably some younger folks out there who, you know, who might be listening to this. And I just want to say to you, you know, Ashley and I's advice to you would be like, look, just just be obedient, <laughs> yes. you know, be obedient to the Lord because because uh, it's worth it in the end, right? You know? So, and like you said, just. <laughs> If you know, if you just trust him, right. what he wants for you is the best. That's right. It's hard to get over that sometimes. Um, but I will say, like, that day walking from chapel was a op- uh, opener. And yeah. then there was another evening, I remember, in my dorm room in the closet. I was just yeah. praying. I was like, okay, I give up. 
you know, I'm done. I can't, I can't, I felt like a split life, you know, I can't keep doing this. I know I belong to you. Um, I just want what you want. And that was, that was, you know, in the middle towards the end of my first semester in school. And, um, I just, I really started seeking him and going to church and Mm -hmm. it was like, over Christmas break, all the basketball players had to come back to school um, yeah. for for our conference, and yeah, and we're the only people there, you know. know. And um, you guys never get a break. No, I mean, you're, you're always playing Thanksgiving. Over Christmas. You're yeah, yes. playing Christmas anyway. Um, that's when I met Benton, yeah. you know. And it was like it was it, that was even made it more precious to me because it was like a gift, you yeah. know. Like I want good for you. Trust right. me, you know. It's Look what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, man. And so I'd been good. at school with him all yeah. semester and I didn't know him, you right. know? I, so. Yeah. That's, that's so good. And uh, 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 that's been my experience too. You know, yeah. it's amazing how, well, I think about it this way because I've got kids, you know, so like I remember, you know, when Carson and Sadie, when they were little, you know, they would want to do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They, they would, they would want to, you know, for example, they might want to like put their hand on the, on the stove, yes. on the hot stove, you know, they would want to do that. They were fascinated by all the knobs mm-hmm. and the buttons and everything else, you know, they would want to do that stuff. I wouldn't let them do it. And they would be so mad. Like mm-hmm. They would be, you know, they would cry and, you know, throw a little tantrum because I was telling them you can't do that. But the reason I was telling them is because I knew it would hurt them. Right. I didn't, right. I didn't want them to be hurt. Right. So I was telling them don't touch that because I care about them. Right. You know, and uh, and there were things that I would want them to do that they didn't always want to do. They'd be mad that I'm, they still you know, <laughs> right. get mad if you have to clean up your room or you have to do other things. But I'm not telling you to do those things because I'm just being mean and I want you to do stuff. I'm, I'm, I want you to do these things because I know that if you get in the habit mm-hmm. of doing these things, it makes your life better. Yes. You know? yes. And, and so, uh, so there are these things we ask you to do because we want you to form in that way. So the Lord right. is the same way. You right. Know? And that's all obedience is. Right. Is acknowledging that he knows better for our lives than we do. Right. But it's amazing how hard that is. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm thankful for um, his grace because yeah. even, you know, the things that I'm most ashamed of or whatever is made me into who I am, you know? Right. And I think that sometimes I'm able to extend grace because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, I, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> or, you know, I've like I know, yeah. I know what it's like to, you know, not make a good choice. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's it. Here's what, here's what the Lord does. He takes even our, even our rebellion and our mistakes and uh, our failures he takes even those things, right, and he redeems them and turns them into yes. something good in our lives. Only he can do that, right? right. It's a miracle. It's you a know? miracle. And so one of the things I I, lo- I love to share with people that God revealed to me, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he appears to the disciples. And I don't know if you remember, but they, they think, well, this is a ghost. And he's like, no, 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 yeah. touch, my, touch my hands, you know. Okay, look, he was just raised from the dead, okay? <laughs> he could have been raised from the dead, and all of those wounds could have just disappeared, right? Right, And and he could have been made completely whole without a hole in his side, right? Without holes in his hands and feet. God could have done that. Why didn't he? I think it's because those scars, those wounds, that just, you know, a few hours earlier were evidence of oppression, 
and shame Mm -hmm. and humiliation. Because of the power of God, now those same wounds, those same scars were evidence of God's power and God's glory. Yes. And that's what he does in our lives too. Even our failure, he redeems it and he turns it into something good. Uh, All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things. And that's good. That's a good thing. Now that doesn't mean all things are good for me, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it doesn't mean that I don't experience consequences for the mistakes that I make, but the Lord uses them in my my life. Right. And, uh, and he turns them into things that shape me and form me for, for my good and his glory. Yes. And hope for other people, you know, like I'm happy to carry those scars if it helps somebody else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what what happened with Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) you You don't believe, you don't believe me. Touch my hands. Yes. Right. Look. You know. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think that that when the Lord revealed that to me, it was very. He revealed it to me at a time in my life whenever I was struggling with some failure in my life, mm-hmm. and and wondering if you know if I was ever going to be worthy to accomplish anything or do anything. If I, you know what I mean, yeah. just really, really struggling. And then the Lord revealed that to me. I wrote a song about it actually. So, uh, but it was a powerful moment for me to realize. No, God was saying, No, look, I'm not. I'm not saying this is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt. Healing often hurts, right? Right. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know you're just going to blink your eyes and all this is going to be gone. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that these scars will be evidence of my power and my yes. glory, and other people will trust me because of this in you. Yes. And it's going to be okay. And I needed that word, man. So yeah. maybe somebody oh, else good. out there needs that word, but you know, yeah. so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. That's really good stuff. So you're in college, right? What, what are some other times in your life where you felt like the Lord was really stretching you, where you were really like, God was really revealing himself to you, really changing you, really growing you? Um, well, I, there was a time when, um, right after Ben and I got married, he coached for a year. Uh-huh. In Abernathy. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and but then after that, we moved to Frisco and started yeah. a high, the second high school. There's like 15 there now, but we yeah. started. We were there to start the second high school, and um, I was working at a bank, and you know my my whole growing up, I thought I, would, I want to be you know businesswoman yeah, or whatever right. you know, and yeah. um, and I was there doing it, and um, I was reading this book about how to be a good helpmate to uh-huh. my husband and right. um the holy spirit just planted a seed in my heart to become a teacher and i was like mm. hmm that's really odd because i did not like school <laughs> you know like why would i want to go teach <laughs> um so anyway i thought okay and i just kind of sat on it for a while and then um there they had this emergency certification program mm-hmm. there yeah. and so i kind of looked into it and i got all the documentation i needed i mean i I had a letter from the superintendent of Frisco schools, you yeah. know, recommending me to the program. I mean, right. I was already in and, um, my boss at work was, you know, did not want me to leave. And he right. gave me a huge rage with raise, which was big for Benton at the yeah. time, you know, just newly married and right. we had just built a house. And, um, so we prayed about it and I was like, I know God is telling me to do this, you know, but. Um, but I don't, I'm really confused and I didn't have a piece about the program, you know, and, and I don't, I just, I felt like 
I don't know what I, I, we, I stayed at my job and because that's what I felt more peace about, which didn't make sense to me because right. I knew the seed had been planted by the Holy spirit, but we right. just kind of went with it. And, um, and it wasn't even a whole year had that passed from that time that we moved back to Lubbock. Oh, and, wow. um, I would have finished the program at that time, but when we moved back to Lubbock, uh, I learned that I would not have been able to get a job as a teacher in Lubbock because they weren't, they didn't accept anybody with that kind of certification. Like they, because they had so many um, college kids that were coming out, you know, with education degrees. So, um, so he was really protecting me for that. But anyway, I, um, I ended up having to go back to school at night and we already had Hayden at this time. He was two. And, but I, you know, I did feel like that was something that God was asking me to do because Benton was still coaching and I knew that would be a good thing for our family. I didn't, I wasn't real sure I'd love teaching, you know, but it was something that God had kind of, you know, I knew he had put it in my heart. And, um, so anyway, I started school at Wayland Mm -hmm. at here in Lubbock at night. And, um, a week after I started school, I found I was pregnant with Carly. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of tricky time for us, but it was, it was nuts. Um, because, you know, Benton was coaching and I had a two-year-old and I was pregnant and going to night school and working during the day. Um, but you know, God gives us what we need Mm -hmm. all the time, you know? And, and so, um, we, it was a hard year and then, you know, we had hardly any money and I had to do my student teaching because that's back whenever they did it, you know, separate. And so, um, I started the fall and did student teaching, but it was just, it was amazing how he took care of us. Like I, I'd worked in a, um, at the mortgage department Mm -hmm. in at Lubbock National while I was going to school. And the, the month or two before I was needing to quit to start student teaching, I had, you know, I worked on commission and so I had a really great months. And yeah. so we were able to put some money back and it wow. just, it just, and then I, after I finished, um, student teaching, I got on as a long-term sub for the rest of the year. And so God just provided for us and, and it, it was a huge blessing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you got into it and found out that you really did. I did. Love I loved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It turns out I like to teach school. I didn't like to go to school, <laughs> but I like to teach it. So, <laughs> well, and you have a gift with you know, with kids and I, I know in, in communicating with, you know, cause I know that, that group of girls that you meet with every week, you know, you have a gift with, with relating to them and really, you know, Thank so you. I, I can see that I can, I can see that. So, um, so yeah, so you learned in that time about God's provision, yes. you know, uh, and, and about, and, but also this theme that keeps coming up with you is that this, that obedience, yes. you know, the, the, the good that obedience you know, leads us to mm-hmm. in our lives, you know, and for you, that's, that is, that was like, that might as well have been the Lord saying to Abram, Hey, uh, I want you to leave this country where you grew up, you know, mm-hmm. and go over here to these places where you don't know anybody, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, that had never been on your radar teaching. Never. And you had a good job. You had a really good job. Yes. And so making that decision, you know, uh, being obedient, that decision was, that was big. Yes, yeah. it, it was. And, um, and it, it's also hard because I have learned about myself that I like to be in control of things, you know, mm. which I'm not really ever in control. I know that, <laughs> yes, yeah. but I do have this perception that I can be sometimes, but, oh, yeah. um, it really is freeing to know, just listen and do what he says. Yeah. It will work out best. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. I, when I'm able to live that way, my mm-hmm. life is at peace. Yeah. 
It really, it, you're you're exactly right. When we are trying to take the reins, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't created to do that. Like we're not equipped Mm-mm. to to manage our our lives like that, you know. So when we try to do it, it really does. It stresses out. It causes anxiety. <laughs> it causes depression, anger, all yes. kinds of all kinds of things happen when we try to put ourselves in that seat, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a, a constant battle. You know, because uh, <laughs> that's human. That's the the, the original sin mm-hmm. is Adam and Eve, you know, uh, saying that they wanted to give themselves the knowledge of good and evil instead of experience the knowledge of good and evil in relationship with God. Right. Right. They were like, well, we'll eat from the tree and we'll give it to ourselves. So they wanted to control the process. So yeah. right from the very beginning, that's what we that's what we've done. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it is still a constant battle. So. Constant battle, for sure. So, okay, right now in your life, mm-hmm. how do you feel like the Lord is moving in your life? What's He teaching you? What What's going on with you right now? Right now, um, I do feel like I've gone through a period of pruning or like mm-hmm. sifting. Like some things, some major things in my life have changed in mm-hmm. the last few years. Yeah. And I just think He's making room for him, you know, mm-hmm. like some things I've had to, you know, let go and purge of, you know, like things I thought were so important mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that really don't have any real value, you know? Right. Um, and I feel like at this, you know, over the last few weeks, really, he's turned my heart to, I've really been praying to help me to love people, you know, mm-hmm. like, and learn how to love myself because, you know, he says, to love, um, to love others as you love yourself. But I don't even know that I've found a way to love myself, you know, even still dealing with all the yeah, hurt right. and stuff, you know, getting and getting over through that and the healing process. Do you, do I, you know, sometimes I think if somebody, if I talk to someone like I talk to myself, they would not be my friend, right. you know? Yeah. And so I've really been praying for that. And I really, want the desire of my heart to be for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like I want that to be the priority in my yeah. life. And like I've, I'm getting to a place where I truly want that to be the priority, not that it is, mm-hmm. but that is, that is where I'm going. And there's a lot of um, things that come along with it that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's just pouring into my life right now and showing me different things. Um, and it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. hard. It is hard. It's the pruning has kind of been painful and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's for a really good cause, you know, yeah. I mean, it's for the best, it's all for his, for good closeness to him and hopefully for his glory, you know, that I can just live in a way that points people to him. Yeah. Yeah. There's this amazing passage in, in Philippians where Paul's talking about all of these, he's talking about like all of these things that he had achieved, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, and, you know, he's, so he's telling the Philippians, look, I was, you know, I was Pharisee. I was Sanhedrin, I was, you know what I mean? Yes. I was, I, I, you know, I, I had it going on. I had it together, you know? Uh, but, but then he says, but listen, whatever I gained, I now consider loss compared yes. to Christ. And he said, in fact, I consider everything a loss. I consider them garbage. Like the literal word is dung heap. That's <laughs> re- like literally what the word means. Really bad. Yeah. I consider <laughs> them all trash compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, for whose sake I've already lost all things. I yes. consider them I consider them right, not not having a righteousness of my own. 
and I, he says, I want to know Christ. Uh, and he says, I want to know Christ and I want to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. He says, becoming like him in his death so that I too might obtain resurrection from the dead. Mm. And so here's Paul saying, all, all these things that formerly were really important in my life, right? They're so, they are so much less important to me than Jesus that they look like trash. They feel like trash in comparison yes. to Jesus. And here's how much I want to know him. I want to know him so bad that, that if, if sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings helps me to know him, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to become like him in his death. Yeah. Because, because I know that in becoming like him with his death, that that's, that's, how, that's how I find resurrection on the other side, right? That's how I find the, the power of God on the other side. And that truth is there for all of us. Mm-hmm. Of course, then he, right after that, he says, um, not that I've already obtained this, you know? yeah. yes. <laughs> so, but forgetting what's behind and pressing toward the mark, you know? Yes. So, uh, so that's good news too, because he, yes. he hadn't really obtained it. But, but I love that, that how you're talking about you're realizing in your life that Jesus is all that really matters. It you know? is. And, um, and turning away from these other things that, that drive the boat for us sometimes and mm-hmm. really focusing on, on the Lord. Um, you know, that's where we, that's where we find life. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, not, not always easy. Like you said, it's been hard, sad even. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but discovering life in Christ is, is this immeasurable gift on the other side of all that, you know? Right. And it's worth it in the end. It is. And that's what, that's what I've really been trying to teach the ninth grade girls yeah. this year. Like, yeah. I know there's a lot of things out there that are speaking to you as far as, you know, mm-hmm. desires. Yeah. But you need to know that nothing, you know, nothing is valuable without the peace of the Lord. You know right. what I mean? Like, if there's no, if you don't have that peace, that peace is, precious, you yes. know, and that, yeah. um, that right relationship with him. And so anything that's calling to you that you think is valuable, look at it really hard because mm-hmm. it could very well be super empty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you'll be really disappointed just, yeah. you know, in any place we're trying to find our worth, any place that we're trying to root our identity mm-hmm. apart from Christ is a trap. It you is. Know? It's a deadly trap. And and unless our identity is rooted in the truth of Christ Jesus and the love of Christ Jesus, right? Unless it's rooted there, unless that's where we find who we are, you know, then um, then we're just going to kind of drift around and, mm-hmm. and we're going to do self-destructive things and we're going to hurt other people and and we're going to lead lives that sow death instead right. of lives that sow life, right. resurrection, you know? Right. So that's so true. That's a good word. I wish I would have learned that whenever I was a ninth <laughs> Me <grader>. too. <laughs> Me too. I'm still, I'm still really trying to comprehend it most days. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. but it is, it's, it is life giving. Mm-hmm. You know, because we do have a true enemy that is sure seeking to kill, steal, and destroy everything that yeah. God wants to give us. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, uh, sometimes I say that, and I feel when I was younger, and people would say that to me. There's an enemy, you know, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So then I would immediately be afraid. And I, I think I think that the reason why I think it's important to acknowledge that there's an enemy out there because some people are just walking around pretending like there's no no enemy out there, right? right? You know, which is foolish, dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Um, but at the same time that we acknowledge that there's an enemy, 
who wants to steal and kill and destroy. We also acknowledge there's a king who's already won the victory. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he's already done it. Right. And, uh, and, he, and he, wants to, he wants to fill us with his spirit and give us power and authority and victory right. over all of these things right. that, uh, that can weigh us down or wound us or afflict us. Right. He wants right. to, he wants by the power of his spirit to give us victory over that stuff, you know? Yes. And, uh, and so, so that's, you know, and that's kind of where you are in your life is discovering that. Yeah. Right? yeah. Look, leaving that, leaving the things behind that are not Jesus, turning my heart to Jesus and understanding that even though there's a real enemy out there, right. right that, that, that I've, he's already won. His right. kingdom is is here and is coming, and 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 he's already won. Right. So man. yeah, because he. I mean, be careful because he's tricky and he's a liar. But he yeah. who is within us is greater That's than he exactly. who is in the world. Yeah. And um, that that life is now. You know mm-hmm. that that victory is now. Right. Not you know in heaven, but yeah, day to day. Yep. Absolutely. I t- sometimes, you know, we, we imagine, and I've sung all the old songs, and as I get older, mm-hmm. maybe I, I like them even more, but um, the old songs that talked about heaven and one day in the sweet by and by and yes. all those kinds of things, they're good. They're, I'm not, not trying to uh, dissuade anyone from, you know, loving those songs, but, but what I, sometimes what we miss, though, is that eternal life is not something that I'm anticipating in the future. Right. When I surrendered my heart and my life to Christ, and when God placed His Spirit in me, eternal life began in that moment. Yes. So, so every day, I'm becoming more and more alive in Christ. Every day, right. Every day, a little more of the 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 sin, the shame, the the brokenness of this world. A little more of that falls off of me, and every day, I'm a little bit more alive. And that's what it means to be a Christian, actually, yes. right? Yeah, abundant life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that starts now. So anyway, so I know that there's someone listening right now who uh, who you're like, boy, I don't I don't feel like that. I don't have that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, life doesn't feel very abundant. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm becoming more and more alive. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm dying on the inside every day. Man, there's somebody listening, probably who that's where you are. And what what I would say to you is that is that that what the gift that the Lord God wants to give you, right, is yes. is He wants to give you resurrection. He wants to he wants to move you from dead to life, and 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 he wants to and he wants to fill you with with his spirit, and um and that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So uh so that doesn't mean that life is easy, and it doesn't mean we get it all right, and it doesn't mean we'd never make mistakes, you know. Right. But it does mean that life in him begin can begin for you today. Right. You know, and uh and all that looks like is being willing to cry out to the Lord and confess, God, I need you. Please rescue me. Please forgive me. I give all that I am to you. Yes. If we would just say those three things to the Lord, then he begins a work in us that echoes in eternity. Right. And, and that's what we that's what we want for you. That's what that's what Ashley experienced when she was six years old, yes. you know. And and me too, whenever I was six years old, and that's what that's what we want for you. So anyway, if you have questions about that, just hit that prayer request, you know, link and mm-hmm. send it to us and we'd love to love to help you with that more. So Man, thanks, Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. It's good to it's good to hear more of your story too, and get yeah. to know you a little bit. That's good. And I know folks out there in the if you see Ashley running around town, just just give her just hug her neck, you know, <laughs> and tell her that you appreciate her because I certainly do. So, but thank you for spending time 
with us today. That's really Thank good. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm excited because, you, you know, clearly, right, the right in this season of your life right now, clearly the Lord is doing some big things, mm-hmm. right? Is teach you like even, you know, I don't even I don't even know you that well, right? We haven't had many of these kind of conversations, but I've already seen that and noticed that that God's on the move and at work in your life, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing to see. So thank you. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, you guys out there. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for sitting in on Ashley and I's conversation. It was. I hope I know that you've been encouraged by what God is doing in her life and and the good news is he wants to do he wants to do something like that in your life too and that's the truth that's just the truth we don't know that philosophically right we know it experientially we've actually experienced the resurrection power right. of Christ that work in our lives we've experienced that so we know he wants to do that for you so uh, we're praying for you and hope this was an encouragement to you join us next week we'll have another fascinating, amazing, interesting guest on the podcast uh, next week. Uh, So make sure that you join us. But until then, we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.